instant shoulder-wrenching shot of pistol or fusil. Together they balmed their feet after day-long marching. Yet the other lads were not nearly as keen on pamphlets or the matter they contained. Tales of the heroic progenitors of the empire and the monsters they slew. Most could barely read, despite the attempted remedies of letters, the reading and writing class under Seltzer and first-class Humbert. None of them showed any interest in the vinegar seas or the senior service. Nor desired the life of a vinegaroon. Grass combers, Master Franzitart, his old dormitory master would have called them. True, lubberly, ground-hugging landsmen. Rossiman's failure to get to the manse in time for the start of prenticing meant he had missed that first crucial period when fragile bonds of friendship begin. He had been late only one week but Lamplighter Sergeant Grindrod had dubbed him Master Come Lately, and the name had stuck. One skill he had learned at Madame Opera's proved exceptionally useful. The hours spent keenly watching his old master and dispensierist Crompelin had shown their fruit, for he was known for his facility with potives and restoratives. He had been made the custodian of the Prentice Watcher's chemistry, doling out repellents or healing draughts where necessary. This earned him a little respect, but it meant that out on the road, while the others carried a short-barrelled musket known as a fusil, he was to content himself with his fodder and a satchel of potives. However, he had seen the effect of both musket ball and repellent. As reassuring as it was to have a firelock in your hands that could cough and boom startlingly at an enemy, a well-aimed potive could deal with many more monsters at once, and often more effectively. The evening of this second Prentice Watch, Rosamond was called forward, joining the six others he had been listed with when he first began as a Prentice Lighter. These were the boys of the third Prentice Watch, Q. Hesiod Gator. Though by letterfall order, Rosamond's name should have appeared second from top in the appropriate triple-marked ledgers, B for Bookchild, he was nevertheless gathered with the six whose names were at the end of it, lads like Gideon Pillow and Crofton Weed. For a second afternoon, these six and Rosamund stood in single file on the forming square as the other prentices looked on. The platoon of prentices was sectioned into three quartos, one of which would go out on the road each evening to light the lamps, staying in Wellnigh House over the night and returning to Winstermill the next dawning putting out the lights and getting back by mid-morning. Each quarto was named after a doughty lamplighter marshal of old, Q. Protogenes, Q. Iohapsicorus, and Q. Hesiod Gator, Rosamund's own. With a cry of, A light to your path! Lamplighter Sergeant Grindrod led the watch through the great bronze gates of Winstermill, down the steep eastern drive known as The Approach, and on to the Pettywigan. After them came the crusty lampsman first class, Asimus, Bellicos, and Puttinger. Veteran lighters, glaring and complaining under their breath, barely tolerating the green incompetence of the prentices. Much of the six-mile stretch of the high road was raised on a dike of earth, lifting it almost a yard above the Harrowmath, the great flat plain on which Winster Mill was built, giving a clear view over the high, wild grasses. Ever the wayward lawn of the Harrowmath was mown by fatigue parties of pioneers and local farm labourers with their glinting scythes. Ever it would grow back, thick and obscuring. 
At its eastern end, after five miles and eighteen lamps, the Pettywigan descended flush with the land and passed through a small woodland, the Briary Wood. Tall sycamores and lithe wand limbs grew on either side of the way, with shrubby evergreen myrtles and knotted briars flourishing thickly about their roots. Yesternight, when the Prentice Watch had worked through it, Rosamund had keenly felt the workings of mild throod, that ghastly sensation of hidden watchfulness and threat that thrilled all around. This evening it had grown a little stronger as he went along, tiny prickles of terror upon his neck, and its subtleties felt like a warning. There was a great lamp to light at the beginning of the briary, one at its end and another right in its midst. This middle light was found in a small clearing on the shoulder of the high road. After this, only five lamps to go.